Today on the Connecting Minds podcast, we have a returning guest, uh, Charlie Robinson. He is the author of three books, all of which I have here in print form, The Octopus of Global Control, um, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, his latest book, Hypocrisy, which I actually have the print book of that. I have not actually started reading it. Perused it a little bit today. Uh, looks very solid. I actually have two of the books on Kindle as well and one on Audible, The Controlled Demolition uh, of the American Empire. It's really well narrated. Highly recommend folks that don't have time to read still get that one on Audible. It's really, really good. Um, also, Charlie is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Macroaggressions. He's also the host, co-host of The Union of the Unwanted, on which I've been once and I believe Zero Hour, which I have not had a chance to check out, but of course, you know, I will sooner or later we'll check that out. Uh, did I miss anything, Charlie? Welcome to the show, bro. Oh, thanks anything. for having me. No, um, no, the 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 audio book for Controlled Demolition is 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 interesting because we got this this guy who's a friend of Jeff Berwick's to be the narrator for it, Patrick Smith, and he's mm. like, he's like, I I I saw I didn't meet him, but I saw him at a at, at the, in Arcapulco over the last two years I was there before I, before he agreed to do our book, I, I knew who he was, but I hadn't, I just never met him in person, but he's like, he's like six foot eight. He's huge. Right. And, and he's got like, you know, he's like a big Texas guy. And so, uh, and, and when, when you talk to him, he's the nicest guy in the world, luckily, but, but, but he has this big voice, so it makes the recording sound really powerful, and I like it. So I'm glad yeah. he agreed to do it because uh, that's not a job. Recording audiobooks is is a pain in the ass, and I'm so sure I'm glad is. I'm not the one doing it. Yeah, uh, are you? What what do you? What have you been up to lately? I mean, I know you're doing obviously the macroaggressions podcast. You're pumping out a couple of week. Uh, are you are you writing any any new books at the moment, or what's um, going on well, with you? We're going to do, we're going to launch a premium version of macroaggressions called macro plus. That's going to have additional interviews and it's going to have, um, articles and I've got a bunch of articles written and it's got other things too. It's going to have, it's got nice. like access to these like shorter videos, like 15 minute videos. I already got almost a hundred of those done. Wow. So it, it will, we'll do that. That'll be coming out in the next couple of, uh, well, I mean, it's we're just waiting on building out the website a little bit more. So in the next month or so, uh, it'll be out. So I've been working on that, and uh, yeah, I've got an idea for 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 another book. But with the Macro Plus stuff, it's kind of taken up all of my time. So I'll probably yeah. wait till the summer, if we're all still alive, and and start working <laughs> on that. And we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm sure some of us will still be alive. Some of us will still be yeah. alive. Yeah, we'll have to eat the dead people that are five percent or so. That's the that's the the you know ambitious target right uh, <laughs> so um actually you know uh i'm not i'm not uh i'm not uh just saying this bro but you know your podcast i really i've lately i've been listening to to it a lot more um i really i'll tell you why i like it right i like that you know you take all these pretty difficult to digest topics and you add a bit of humor which is my kind of humor uh i really like that a bit of sarcasm love that um you know it really helps to kind of break up the the seriousness of the topics but also i like that you use logic and fucking hard facts not 
emotional sort of, oh, you know, the lizard people are trying to kill us all or, you know, yeah. this kind of stuff, which I think it definitely, um, you were you were discussing this with, uh, what's the guy's name? Foster Gamble yesterday, I listened to that podcast. Very inspiring with that uh, episode with Foster Gamble. And he said it, I think, that, you know, if you present this information in a very calm, calculated sort of logical manner, I think people respond much better to it. Um, but also the other thing I really like about your podcast is so far, if any any person whose content I listen to, I always find gaps or holes in their knowledge. Sometimes I'm like, I listen to this amazing channel, great information or podcast. And then they start talking about, uh, you know, uh, global warming like it's a thing or something like fuck dude you're retarded now i have to rethink everything you're saying so i find i have not really found anything that i disagree with you on your podcast yet right but sorry there was a lot of preamble to my question i i really kind of want to go deep into stuff today because i know you're you're like into the spiritual stuff as well as obviously the analytical stuff so i want to start us off today ask you I, can you maybe give us a little bit of insight into charlie robinson's worldview and by that i mean it's like a couple of two-pronged maybe questions so i'd like to know who do you really think is at the top of this pyramid right mm-hmm. what how do you see the world is it is it what the gnostics see as is it like a a, a soul trap or you know are we here are we are souls trapped is it a video game like berwick talks is it you know like hinduism buddhism like a, 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 a earth school where we reincarnate um and the top of the pyramid is it just humans who have lost their way consumed by ego and greed is it some type of otherworldly dark force archons uh nephilim anunnaki is it the female illuminati that some guys talk about what the fuck is going on in the world? Like, how do you see things? Well, th- first of all, thanks for for the nice words about the podcast. I have to just have I have to have a laugh with it because it's like this tough topics are so serious. You know, you just yeah. you you have to kind of laugh at the insanity of it all. But um, my worldview is like so. What I I believe in is I'm deeply anti-war. I don't want wars. I, I understand how they start. I understand that sometimes, you know, somebody would, is going to invade you. You have to fight back. I get that. But but what we have in this world is our politicians that are definitely not at the top of the pyramid, but they are for us, you know, the the general public. We are made to believe that these people are in charge. And when they say we have to get into a war, a lot of people just say, oh, well, let's just get into a war because that's what that's what we have to do. It's our duty to to follow our leaders. And and our leaders are retarded and, <laughs> and criminal yeah. and and, yeah. and and psychopathic. And and they're 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 put in these positions of power, not because they have all the answers, but because they're compromised and they can easily be controlled. So it's like there's there's a lot of um you know so so i don't place any sort of trust in them and and i know that they're lying and i know that they're being told what to do they're being manipulated by people behind them so who are those then we've got like families we've got these rich powerful families some of them are out in the open rockefeller family and bill gates and these guys and we see them and and then above them you've got this sort of these organizations that are you know created by these families that are uh, 
Committee of 300 and the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and Trilateral Commission and these groups that are hell-bent on on two things, depopulation and forming a world government. And in order to form the world government, it's a lot easier if you have fewer people. So those two things always go together. And that, to me, is very ambitious. And I don't think that they're going to be able to accomplish this goal. But it, it also seems like it's not even a... I mean, it seems like an ambition for psychopaths, for sure. But it might even be an ambition for, you mentioned like non-human entities. Now, I have no experience with it. I've never had an interaction. I've never seen anybody shapeshift. I've never done anything like that. I do know David Icke. And mm. I know about his story about seeing Ted Heath's eyes turn you know, completely black. And I know other people that have had experiences with other people whose eyes have turned like completely black, a thing that shouldn't happen. Yeah. And their initial thought was, it felt like this person wasn't in control of their body. They had been taken over by something else. So, okay. So if we, we start there, we've got this as a possibility. I uh, appreciate and enjoy the, uh, everything that comes with psychedelics. Uh, I like that. I think it's interesting. I think it's a, a you know, sort of a personal experience experiment to see what this reality is. And after doing enough of that, you come to, you know, you, you understand that the physical world that we see is, is only part of it. There's more outside of the visible spectrum. There's more things that we can't, we can, we feel it, but we can't really see it. So there's more to this world than what we see. So I'm not, I'm never going to be dismissive of those that say that we are being ruled by something that is maybe, uh, you know, in the shadows, interdimensional, sort of outside. I, I fully recognize that sounds insane. It sounds like science fiction. It sounds made up. It sounds, you know, it just sounds like a story you would tell somebody if you were trying to be, um, you know, you were just trying to shock them. And I get all that. But then there's, but then I look back on all the history, you know, and all the sculptures and these, the devotion to lizards. And I, you go into the city of London, not to be confused with London itself, but the the city of London, the banking haven, and there's dragon statues everywhere. And I, I was there a couple of years ago. I said to my wife, the dragons guard the gold, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. how I view this whole thing, you know, yeah. and not to mention the fact that they may be lizard people on top of all of that. And, 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 and that's, you know, and that gets like, you know, Sam says that all the time, you know, and it's, it's kind of, there's a funny component to it, but it's like, there are some things that are difficult to explain. I think that at the top of the human version of the pyramid, you've got these long, I think, I think the people that want to stay in power the longest do so by checking their ego. Like it doesn't do them any good to be known. It, it so that's where you when you when you start when you start talking about who's running us and we're mentioning Rockefellers and Rothschilds and 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 groups like that that's true to an extent but that's really the public facing version of these of these groups but there's a whole another thing behind them even which is like bloodlines and international banking families and these cartel these groups there have have been in power. Obviously they change as, as people die off, but, but, yeah. but that, that bloodline, it's very easy to dismiss it, especially for us at, like in America, we go, Oh, get out of here with that bloodline stuff. And you, yeah. you know, it sounds crazy and it, you know, who really cares? I understand you want to know, you know, cause we can't trace our, our roots back all that far, but, but we see that 
some of these people, some of these, you know, royalties and these families, they're obsessed with it. They're, they're deeply concerned about it. And so it makes me think that they, they know something we don't know. They are concerned about this because it, it matters to them. You hear this term blue bloods and things like that. And you wonder, you just wonder, you wonder if there's been genetic tampering with us. Um, you wonder how much of the, how many of these, these science fiction stories that you, that get turned into movies are actually trying to tell us something that we don't, you know, in a way that we, we might subconsciously be able to understand when you watch like Prometheus and you see about these people that go out and see life and different planets and you go, God, is that what we, you know, is, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of that. I do know that as far as from the human component, it's these bloodline families and the banking institutions that they represent. And then on top of that, there's, there's sort of like a step down below them. You've get these, these well-known families, Rockefellers and Rothschilds, and they've done massive amounts of damage. If there were no alien intervention and if there were no bloodline families above them, what the Rothschilds have done to this planet and the Rockefellers is, is truly horrific. I mean, they might as well be monsters as far as I'm concerned because of the things that they've done. So I think it's, I think I'm, I'm on a quest to figure it out like everybody else is. I don't know exactly how it all works. I don't know if I'll ever figure out how it all works, but I do know that if you are limiting yourself, I know you and I have had talks about this in the past, but you know, an appreciation for being able to, you know, not just take this this version of reality as the only yeah. one, but to, to also recognize that you can go beyond that and you can explore some, some other components of consciousness that are very real and seem fake to the outside or get dismissed by people. Oh, you guys just like drugs or anything. It's like, well, <laughs> hang on a second. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe, but, but that's not what this is. This is like, you know, you're talking about mushrooms and you're talking about DMT and ayahuasca and these peyote the and, and teachers. These, yeah, man, these are yeah, plant teachers. Yeah, teaching you things. They're, they're yeah. explaining to you, you know, showing you it, the world from a different perspective. And you go, yeah. oh, this is interesting. Now, you, you know, whatever you drag back from that experience, that's up to, that's up to the the person involved in it. But, but I, I have found that that it's given me a, a new perspective, and I appreciate that because anytime I can see things from a different vantage point, I think it helps me be a little bit more well-rounded when it comes, especially when it comes to writing. I'd like to be able to know, like you mentioned before we started that, that I have, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, you, you connect with, uh, you know, the, the way I see the world. Well, the way I see the world has been a, a, a you know, it's, it's, it's an act in process in, in progress. I'm always yeah. sort of adding to that. And I think part of that is because I've traveled and part of that is because I, I read and part of that is because I don't watch the mainstream news and things like that. So like, I guess the, the short answer is I'm still trying to figure out how it all works. Yeah. I, I don't know that I have any sort of, uh, expectation that I, it will all be explained to me. Somebody will come down and say, this is how it all worked. But, but I, I will tell you this, I am always on, in the, on the hunt to gather more information about it. And when yeah. I do, I will report back to people. <laughs> yeah, totally, bro. <laughs> By the way, talking about uh, plant teachers, I actually have uh, three or four different um, African dream herbs. 
various roots that I, I ground down, grind down and make tinctures of, and you can just add them to your tea. And it's not like you can drink, you, 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 you drink them during the day, the teas. Mm-hmm. And at night, oh, dude, the dreams, the vividness. And also another one, uh, another couple, uh, Bobin Sana from uh, the Amazon make tea with that. They actually put it in ayahuasca. Uh, some shamans put it in ayahuasca. It's apparently, can, it's like a kind of like a cloaking device. It can, so you can be protected from uh, potentially um, what's the, what's the kind of witches and, you know, bad guys trying on the hunt when you're on the journey. But uh, this Bob Insana dude, the, the, the dreams, the vividness of the dreams, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, I think, a lot of stuff that the plants can teach us. And not necessarily by altering our consciousness, but just observing nature. Observe. I think that this is God. If you're talking about religion, this is the first religion, you know, nature, God, the sun. Looking at the sun, uh, there's so much, and the moon and the stars, there's so much nature can teach us. And look what society has done to itself. We are now stuck indoors. Uh, you know, even like I was kind of in a, a bit of a bad way. My uh, my girls were away on holidays. I was on my, on my own with the dog for a week and I was feeling super lonely. It was like such a shock. So I, I went outside and I'd, I'm always listening to podcasts. So I, one day I just took the damn headphones off, went out with the dog and I was hearing like it, it's getting dark. I was hearing crickets and birds and looking at bats and just that was so therapeutic I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you I'm constantly with these stupid bluetooth headphones blasting cooking my brain slowly you know? yeah. <laughs> but um, we're all guilty of that though i mean yeah. like from time to time we gotta like get back you know get your feet on the take your shoes off get totally. outside walk around yeah. walk on the grass do all that good stuff and sort of get yourself um connected i feel like we'll, we're gonna need it for what we're, we're gonna need it where we're fa- where we're it's going to be trying times yeah meditation tai chi and whatever else wh- whatever kind of floats your boat but uh let me ask you now charlie just to kind of i i, I know a lot of folks are going to be tuning in they're going to be searching for your name they you know they got one of your books searching for your name they f- probably find this podcast i know they want to talk the, the one they're hungry for more kind of conspiracy stuff so let me just follow up the previous question with um and again, we, it's not about some of these things. Feel free to speculate on. I, I want your opinion because, you know, we all have opinions. But your 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 opinion, I trust, is very well informed. So, you know, you, you said you mentioned the committee of three hundred, and then I, yeah. I, I I know we have the uh, committee of thirteen and nine and seven. The, 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 there's mention of those. How many? Just in your opinion, again, how many people? do you think is like the core group that actually calls shots, like start the pandemic, start the Ukraine war, whatever else? Wow. That's a really good question. I mean, I I'll tell you that committee of 300 is pretty, it's a pretty good place to start. I think uh, I've heard it described as the most powerful group in the world. I wouldn't doubt it. The people on there are Kings and Queens and billionaires and, Real, real, ver, real diverse. Well, yeah. diverse in, in in the sense that they're in multiple uh, industries. But you know, I, I, I think that I don't know. Boy, may, you know, that group would would definitely 
Well, I'll tell you, it, it, it's kind of like this. It'd be like a, a Venn diagram with a bunch of interlocking circles where you'd have the United Nations in one and you'd have the Trilateral Commission in one and the Committee of 300 and you'd have these different groups. And there, there's a lot of in, there's a lot of intersection along a couple of people, you know, several very powerful people. But I would say that Committee of 300 group, that would be where I would look because um they are either members of other groups or they have people from from their family or inner circles that are spread out all over the place. It wouldn't take much if you if you wanted to kick off a global pandemic or if you wanted to do something along those lines or war and you and you got the opportunity you you were only allowed to pass one message then I would say that if you sent that message to the committee of 300 and told them to get the word out to the people they thought would would be needing to know i think that that would be the probably the place to start i think that that between that group they would with with a couple of phone calls be able to get things going yeah because you had the the queen the queen elizabeth allegedly was the head of the committee of 300 and everyone all the normies are like she's just a figurehead Figurehead that's ex- a parasite sucking your tax dollar, you know, tax pounds out of your economy, man. Oh, t- anyway, uh, so do you think Putin, Biden, Xi Jinping are taking orders from the same group, or is it, do you think there's multiple? I know there's always going to be politics, like in an office or in a company. Do you think there's multiple? Um, so one guy, Gary Wayne, he, he has a great uh, uh, book, uh, The Genesis. Six conspiracy. He kind of takes it from a more more. He's a Christian contrarian. So I love I love what he says in when he's asked this question. Is he says that there's multiple. You know how there's like let's say twelve or thirteen bloodlines. They say, and they work. I love how he says it. They have uh, uh, competing interests. So you know, uh, like he like mafias like mm-hmm. uh, mafia gangs, but. They work directionally on certain things, so they will when it suits them. So you know, pandemic, uh, tighten down control power. You know, extract more from the the, the market. Uh, you know, continue enslaving and you know, uh, dominating humanity. So, um, do you think the the question was, do you think Putin, Biden, Jinping, uh, and Xi Jinping take orders from the same kind of group, or do you think there's a little bit more competition? That's why certain. Certain things don't always tend to go the way they would. For example, vaccine passports are not exactly, you know, operational everywhere. Uh, what's your kind of take on that? I think I think that maybe I would probably agree with with Gary Wayne there. Yeah, there there's multiple groups for sure. They want, for the most part, they don't have to have a big meeting to say. We want to control the world. They know that. They know how they need to go about doing that. So, I mean, they do have the big meeting too at Bilderberg and World Davos and places like that. So, I mean, they don't have to have it, but sometimes they do have those meetings, and and they get on board. Like like you said, the COVID thing was Russia was fully on board with that, the vaccines and all that stuff. You know, they but they there's also you know there's this Western. NATO group too, which is no good. And they, they want war and they want, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to keep their power to structure together. Then you've got the BRICS nations with Brazil, Russia, India, uh, China, South Africa. Um, this is a a group that 
you know, has their own interests. They, they, they might want control too. They want power. So they're fine with lockdowns and all that. Like, like you said, but they also have a version where they, they want to take over the world and have the, you know, one belt, one road going through and all that good stuff. So, so they're not monolithic. They, they do compete uh, against each other. And, and, and again, there's more than just those two other, uh, there's, there's other groups that are fighting for this as well. But, but, um, but from time to time, it's in their best interest to work together. But like, but like you said, mafia crime families, it's the same sort of thing. It's like, I've got this territory, you've got that territory. If you get in my territory without my approval, we could have a problem, but that happens from time to time. Just make sure that if you do that, you send a guy over to come and talk to us and explain what you were doing. And then, okay, we'll work it out. And, and, and I've just finished uh, Whitney Webb's two books, um, One Nation Under Blackmail. And this is talking about this intersection of organized crime and government intelligence agencies. And what you realize is that there's almost no difference between the two of them. You know what I mean? And in fact, she was showing going back to like the twenties and thirties and forties and, and uh, showing how organized crime worked with, with the governments. And then how at one point the United States military straight up went to the Italian mafia and said, listen, for our invasion of Italy, we're going to need help. Can you help us? And they said, we'll get our guys out of jail. You know, you got a bunch of our guys in like lucky Luciano was taken out and sent to Italy to help plan this whole thing. So America will work with the literal mafia uh, if they need to. And so it's that sort of a, a, a kind of a, a, a like an example of this on a smaller scale. Like you're the Justice Department and you go after the mafia because they're the bad guys breaking the laws. But when you need them, you're not, you know, you may cut a deal with them and the mafia says, well, listen, it's in my best interest to stay out of jail too. And maybe we can work some deals out. And so they work together from time to time when they need to, but yeah. they're competing factions and they're after, you know, they're, they're doing their own thing. So where we get into problems is when, uh, the two of them collide like they are in, in Ukraine right now, Russia, Russia is, is in a, a tough spot because they're they're up against maniacs in in the west just absolute complete unhinged uh psychopaths here and in 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 america where i am if you turn on the the nightly news it is all russia is bad unprovoked attack unprovoked invasion of ukraine we've got to send more money over there and it's like this is crazy so so i i'm i'm fearful a little bit now because of these competing factions, because we're, we're getting to, to, a, a an area where they definitely disagree and, uh, and, and they're big, they're both sides are big enough to make, make their, you know, make problems for everybody. And this sort of normalization of nuclear strikes as being something that's should be on the table is, yeah, it's insane. It's just really do crazy you, out here. Do you believe this narrative that n- nuclear weapons exist? In, in what, what, how do they represent them? Um, well, I'll tell you this. This is what I, I, I know that I've heard this. People say nukes are fake and everything. I, this is what I, I do know from family experience. My grandfather worked on, uh, he worked at a place called Oak Ridge in Tennessee. And Oak Ridge was in charge, was, was a power, it was right next to like this power. He worked actually at a power plant, but, um, then when the war kicked off, Oak Ridge was next to this power plant and they brought a bunch of guys from the power plant over. So he wasn't in the military. He was a civilian, but they needed him. 
And so, and his team, they were all working on something and they didn't know what they were working on. Well, it turns out they were working on the atomic bomb, but they didn't know that at the time. So I know that the atomic bomb exists and I know that that is like one deviation away from a nuclear device. So I don't know, you know, and people say, well, are, are nukes real or fake? I, I believe that they are real based on the evolution of the technology. I hope we don't ever have to find out, but yeah. But um, I do know where, where I can say with 100% certainty, I do know about atomic bombs because right, my grandpa right. felt really bad about that. He was not one of those guys that was like, yeah, we won the war and everything. He, he, his take on it was uh, we were tricked. We didn't know what we were doing. We yeah. didn't know we were participating in that. And he said, I wanted us to win the war too, but I didn't want to be involved in something that would kill that many people and, and you know. So. I get you, man. I get you. I think, though, like, you know, how the media, whenever they're unfolding a narrative, it's like the the art of misdirection. So, mm -hmm. you know, fear, we know what fear does to the, the human psyche. So could, could all this um, blowing the trumpet about nukes, 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 could it be some diversion while some other nefarious shit's going on do you sure reckon? oh for sure yeah 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 it's like you said it's really good at getting you focused on it right i yeah. mean that's it's theoretically it's the most important thing ever right even if these two sides say we will never use nuclear weapons against each other you just need a couple people that say well we're we're changing the deal and 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 of course in america we we always change the deal you know, whether it's like NATO or whatever we say we're going to do, you know, we'll protect you. We'll come in and help your country or we'll protect. We always lie. I mean, yeah. not us, the people, but the governments, yeah. we all, we always lie. So, so look, it could be that they've got us focused on nuclear weapons while they loot the place, which is most definitely happening. But nuclear weapons is a big one. Yeah. So something else bigger has to be going on at something that is of the same size and scope if they've got if they're already bringing out the concept of maybe we're going to use nuclear weapons and that sort of thing that's uh obviously something to keep an eye on but like you said when the magician wants you to look one place you know he's like pulling the bird out of his back pocket in the other with the other hand so what are they doing what what is this yeah. going and where are they doing it because we're all looking at ukraine so should we be looking at Antarctica? Should we be looking at China? It, Should, you, you know, Taiwan. So I mean, complex. we're yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, like my at this point. <laughs> I know it's it's probably not healthy. I need to take a break from research, I suppose. But the way I see it, it's like, um, and this is I, I kind of said something similar when we were talking with Ricky. I uh, had him on the podcast uh, last month. It's like. This invasion of Ukraine, and you, you know the situation as well as me, uh, probably better in Europe, but uh, the invasion of Ukraine, this stuff with the, you know, the LNG, uh, the, the pipelines being now uh, not, uh, you know, out of operation, unoperational, it's literally putting the chess pieces in place to at any point in time cut the fucking power or to start with the internet now the last couple of days there's this narrative oh russia might uh there's some uh you know uh, ships uh, near france they might cut the you know uh damage the under uh, under sea cable that so they could turn off the internet they could turn off uh 
the power both at the same time and it's like they could at that point if when you cut off the information stream from people they can say anything they yeah. can say uh russia you know bombed kiev and or or let's say another city and this is so my my convoluted fucked up thought pattern is like okay if they do this let's say new york or lisbon let's say i've i've seen there's a uh, i think it's called open open infrastructure map dot uh, com or dot org so you can look at infrastructure uh uh, uh cell phone towers water uh solar installations um uh, you know major power stations and cables and stuff so think about it like this if if it's a city with lots of 5g tower installations could they you know exp- just do a regular old bomb or something say it was a tactical nuke and then turn on the the 5g and then you know um people have similar symptoms from 5g it's because it's radiation you know have because those are the symptoms of the radiation but it's the actual 5g could it then be like you know martial law cut off the power uh kill the supply chain people uh obviously not 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 having food they become famished they start getting sick and then you can have an endless amount of fucking pandemics to blame simple uh malnourishment causing uh, illness and death and boom 2025 digo report numbers come true yeah. this is how this like maybe am i tell me i'm being just paranoid bro no well i mean you're just going where these maniacs might be going in their own little secret meetings. I mean, they're yeah. talking about these things. These are, and all everything that you mentioned is all doable. This isn't like something that needs to be, um, you know, like you said, if you cut out the, if you cut the communication lines and you cut the power out to a, a region, then, then you can tell them whatever story you want. Well, the power and the, everything went out because Russia fired a nuclear missile and it was an airburst and it created an EMP and it knocked all this stuff out. And, you know, and, 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 and like you said, you crank up the 5g and turn that on. Everybody starts to feel sick from that. And they, they go in and the doctors go, God, well, it looks like you have, you have radiation poisoning and that you're the 10th case I've seen today of this. And, and everybody's, everybody fits that description, you know, like if you had COVID, but you actually yeah. just had a cold <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and they said, well, you fit the description of COVID. Like, yeah, well, they could easily do that. And, and then all it would take is turn, you know, turn, get the power going again at some point and, and then just have the media, uh, you know, c- consolidate the media, consolidate everything while the power was out and just say, listen, you know, this is martial law. So now we're putting an end to any of this alternative media stuff getting out. This is going to be about internet ID cards. They can install all kind. when we come, when the power comes back on, we're going to have to have it. Things are going to have to be different. We're going to have to have you know, somebody was, was, um, they were, they were talking about this in these chat rooms, but you know, they were, they were, some people were saying that this was going to happen. We didn't know who they were. So we need to have an internet ID card. So we now know who everybody is online. Cause it might've been these nefarious people involved and, and so then that, so the power comes back on and the internet comes back on eventually. Cause they just turned the switch off and, um, but everything's different now. Now yeah. it's not the same internet you remember. Now you have to be a known person to be on there. And now it's like, well, listen, we have to get the, we have to do the 
good information act or something stupid like that, mm. where it's like only the most trusted sources are allowed to be talking about this, this stuff anymore because we're in a state of war and, you know, and then next thing you know, it's just mainstream media and they're going, Russia did it, Russia did it, Russia did it, you know, and, and 95% of the people in, in around the world, they don't know any better. They're just going to find, oh, I guess that's what happened. Cause how would you know? And, you know, so I can, I could see a, a, a scenario where they would do that. I mean, if they just wanted to get rid of a bunch of people, they just turn the power off for two months and let everybody kill each other. <laughs> Cause here in America, in the big cities, that would happen in about 48 hours think- or in New York city in about four minutes. There would people are already Seriously. half animal there. Jesus. You know, so the, the, if they thought if there was a belief that the power wasn't coming back on, I think that's what would do it. Now, if you have like, a hurricane comes through and it knocks the power out and everyone's like, Oh, there's a hurricane coming. And then the power goes out. Well, you know that the guys are going to get out there and fix it eventually. Yeah. But if all of a sudden the power goes out, nobody says anything and you don't know if it's coming back and you go, Oh, it'll, it'll be on later today. And then today turns into tomorrow and then tomorrow turns into a week. Then you start going, well, it may never come back on. Right. And then at that point that they could wipe out 90% of the people with that, you know? I don't think you're crazy for thinking those things at all. <laughs> I think that I think that you are you are currently being you, uh, they're making a list and saying we need to recruit this guy. We like the way he thinks, but I mean you're just thinking the way these maniacs think about stuff yeah. like that. You know, that's like if I were a deranged lunatic with all this power, how it, and I wanted to get rid of all these people, how would I do it? Well, that'd be that'd be one way to get rid of a lot of people really fast, but it would be a mess. For yeah. sure. You definitely wouldn't want to be around watching that stuff go down. You'd want to what, be in your underground bunker. For sure. What about, I think here's another one. Here's another one kind of I've been mulling. This is why I really was excited to talk to you because I want I want to kind of bounce ideas off of you because obviously, you know, you, you do this intensely, um, uh, you know. So w- what about the fact that the internet you know our our phones uh, you know they're these incredibly sophisticated surveillance tools and uh if you turn off the internet or the power or both now all these people okay sure it could be chaos for sure but all these people are left to their own devices so you know you don't have the tv to brainwash them with you don't have all these EMFs, like people in like big cities with, uh, you know, getting 30 Wi-Fi signals from your neighbors and cell phone towers. So, you know, people might lose some weight, uh, some uh, chronic diseases might might um, get reversed from, you know, fasting a little bit here and there. So what about the fact that maybe they don't want to do that, at least not for too long, because uh, then, you know, it, it might, it's, it's not, I don't, think it's it's easy to it's like it's easy to break shit but it's not easy like this laptop in front of me it's i can break it in a minute but i i couldn't build it in 20 years on my own so it's you know if shit's working you don't want to 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 mess with it as well right yes that's that's the the smart way to do it is to not break everything while you're while you're in the process the smart way to do it is to keep the the people like pacified and surviving so that they're not out 
looking at who's, you know, as long as like here in America, as long as we're relatively comfortable, we don't protest. We don't go out there and do that. So from a strategic standpoint, if you were if you were planning on just turning every, the power off and keeping it off for six months and killing a bunch of people, then it, I don't think it really matters. But if you're just doing it to mess with people, you turn the power off for too long and then turn it back on, you're going to have a bunch of very disoriented people that are that that are now out in the streets doing stuff, talking to their neighbors, and it, there's like a buzz, and and they're looking for answers. Yeah. Right now. You've got a bunch of people that don't even know that they should be asking questions, let alone yeah. looking for answers. So if you want to be evil, you could just turn you could turn the power off and, and you know turn it back on and turn it back off and turn it back on and do this and and really screw people up. But I think that that will just that's like stirring up a big hornet's nest. You get a bunch of people out angry and scared and confused, and now they're out in the streets. But where you've got them right now is very passive and docile and dependent and and relatively quiet and they 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 sort of control the you know how how much dissent there is you can say some things online but you can't say everything so they've got you in this like little box where you can fight with each other for the you know for these acceptable sort of dis- these acceptable areas of disagreement but if you get outside of that it's a big problem so where they've got us now is is actually strategically for for them it's the best place because we're not out in the streets we're not protesting and doing all this stuff so they need to do they need to make sure in america that we're just happy enough so that we won't get up and do something about it gotcha. and 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 that's kind of where we are right now we're like they're just turning up the temperature very slowly with inflation and and the woke stuff. And it's just enough to get you mad online. But then when you walk away from your, your computer, it's like, eh, well, it's not my problem anymore. But once it actually becomes your problem and you can't avoid it anymore, then you've got a bunch of people that have to go do something about yeah. it, maybe. And, and that is, then they're outnumbered. And so that's a huge problem. So if they want to do it, they can do it one of two ways, either keep us where we are and just allow us to continue and do whatever they want to do behind our backs. Cause they're, they're already doing that and, and slowly kind of slowly kill us. Or if they want to do it all at once, like I said, they turn the power and the internet off and just not turn it back on for a long, long time. That will definitely do it. But if you do something in between, then you're just going to get a bunch of people that are now sort of awake to what's going, maybe not aware of everything, but they're just, they're now angry or scared or out of food or out of whatever. And that's definitely going to be a dangerous time. So um, I'm sure they've planned this. I'm sure they've role played this. I'm sure there's Johns Hopkins, has done some simulation where they've tried this out. Like what happens if we cut the power operation blackout or something? I'm just making that up, but you know, there's some, there's gotta be some, some simulation they've done. It's like, well, week one, there's massive chaos. Week two, people start to die. Week three, people start to get really desperate. Week four, you know, they've already looted everything that could be looted. They've started burning down buildings. They've, you know, and then, you know, so I'm I'm sure there's some scenario out there. If you find it, let me know because I'd love to know about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's not depressing at all, bro. Um <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> okay. All right. Yes, I I think 
Yeah, we seem to be on the same page. Well, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of what I know as well is like uh, is listening to you going over certain scenarios, you know, um, that various white papers were published after stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They, okay. they tell you what they want it, what how they'll do it. You know, yeah. the, in yeah. these in these simulations, they say, "Well, in the simulation, we did this, and we did this, and this, and this, and then it and it didn't work very well, or it, or it worked okay." So, so they'll tell you where the, what they're thinking, but uh, in the end, they you know, in the end, you, you never really know because it's because it was just a simulation. But 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 like when we look at that Spars pandemic document and like yeah. lay, overlay it on now, you go, "Oh man, like yeah. that looks scary." And I like when I was talking about that two years ago, I was like. I really hope this isn't a thing. I really hope this is like not <laughs> yeah. not going to play out the way it's supposed to. But it, but unfortunately, it seems like it is. So so maybe we'll find that they've they've already role played this concept and 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 they know what we'll do before we do it because they probably do. <laughs> they probably do know what we'll do in, in these situations yeah. based on our behavior and everything they've they know about us. You know Mark Passio, right? I do. Yeah. So he says basically the the way he kind of summarize it there is a priest class that control the world and he says for tens of thousands of years and I, I i i tend to believe that with other research i've done and what differentiates them from the common person common man woman is they have a ton of occult knowledge they know so much and they they guard it jealously, so they they know us, our psyche, and how we would react in various situations so much better than like the best psychologists, psychiatrists you find, the best PhDs in any of these things. They 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 eat those guys for breakfast, you know. They know, so they when they plan these things out, I I don't even think that they're like. You know, I I think that on day three they'll do this or day six they'll do that. They know because maybe potentially this stuff has happened multiple times. You know, if you look at all these, um, there's it there's definitely evidence that there's been quote unquote great resets in history. Maybe even maybe even every couple hundred, four hundred years, or may, may, maybe uh, less often. But um, you know, if you look at history, it seems like a lot of the mainstream history is bullshit, just you know, just basically to obfuscate our real uh, history as as humans, which could be much m- more rich and diverse than we we are led to believe. Oh no, we're fucking monkey people evolved from a fish that jumped on water, and oh then uh, suddenly the wheel, fire, iron, and oh boom, you know we can build skyscrapers. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, in two hundred years, you know. Anyway. Um, so they know us really well. So I definitely, you know, I, I, I agree that they, they know how we react. And now they have all this analytics from the internet. They can test out, like like the monkeypox thing. They, they were like, let's gather analytics on this thing. People are like, are you kidding me? We're sick of the monkeypox. Give us nukes. We need nukes, guys. You're not, <laughs> you're not getting us like this, you know. But um, I, I kind of, I, I, I wanted to to really see, do you, do you envision good like scenario i know there's going to be a lot of struggle in the next decade let's say but what what's are like some of your fantasies and visions of how this will turn positive for us 
Well, they're, they are behind schedule, it seems. This Agenda 2030 push that they're doing, it seems like something has gone wrong and they're trying to push it up, uh, high, you know, make it happen sooner. And I think that's a good thing because the sooner they, you know, the faster they try to do this, the, the ch- greater the chances are that they'll mess up. Now, I think they've already messed up on COVID. I don't think that that went the way they thought it was going to go. Why is they, that? COVID. I don't think COVID what, went. What, why is that? Why, why oh, do you think um, that's? Well, I mean, they thought it was going to be more deadly than it was. They thought it was going to be um, that everyone was going to see dead bodies everywhere and that it would just be like, we've got to, you know, I mean, in the 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 event 201 simulation, they have it at 65 million dead worldwide. So, and that only stops once a vaccine is is rolled out. So they didn't get anywhere near that. They had to make up numbers and they had to make up incentives to get people to take the vaccines here. You know, they would give you a donut a day for yeah. the rest of the year and st- stupid stuff like that. I, I just don't think that's, that's plan a, if, if that's plan a, then you need a new plan because, because that's cartoon level, like <laughs> incentives to, to get people. I mean, even in America where we are motivated by with that vaccine. It Burger was like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bill de Blasio talking about yeah. you get this great cheeseburger oh here, and you're like, "This is you're for right. it's this this is you're trying to sell medicine here." Like the whole thing is yeah. was weird, and I saw that, and I go, "This is good. This is a good thing because if they have to resort to this sort of nonsense, then then you know it's not going well." So I think COVID was a failure to them. Got some things, but it did you know maybe got them money and a little bit more power, but it didn't wipe us out and it didn't make us it didn't make everybody rush out and get the shots there's still so many people that refuse to take it that's a big problem for them so i think that there is a scenario in which the um people start to get i mean the un, this is the unfortunate part of this of the scenario in order for it to get good it's probably going to have to get bad first and i think that the bad part is that if we do run this simulation, you know, this reality that we're in, we go out a couple of years and it does look like that sparse pandemic document where everybody that took the vaccine starts dying, like in massive numbers. And in that fictional scenario, they said like it got, it gets to a point in this, in this scenario where it's undeniable that it's caused by the vaccines. Like they they can no longer try and say, oh, it was something else that was doing. It just becomes known that that's what was doing it. And if that happens, obviously there'll be massive deaths and and that will be horrible. But in the aftermath of that, you can't control people anymore. Like you, you're gonna have a, a difficult time. You can't tell people to go pay their taxes when half their family's dead because they trusted the government and took this vaccine. That government, you told me this was safe. You told me this would protect my family. You told me I couldn't go to work and I couldn't get on an airplane and I couldn't cross the border. And you told me, you know, you threatened my job and you told me that I was going to have a winter of, of a dark winter, a winter of death and all this stuff. So I did it and or my family did it. They all went out and got the shots because you told them, you threatened them and promised them and all that stuff. And now they're dead. And you want me to pay taxes? I'm never paying. I'm never paying anything. In fact, I'm not pulling, I'm not stopping at stop signs anymore. You know, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. You know, then you've got an unmanageable group of people and that actually could be a good thing moving forward. That's the scenario. The, the, the positive fantasy I have is that unfortunately, and I don't, and I don't wish the, the, the vaccine related deaths on, on the population. Of course, that should 
be you know implied but but if that happens and we're already starting to go that direction and see that that a lot of people are getting sick and dying from yeah. this but if that happens on a massive scale worldwide you can't control anybody and so then now the media is is ineffective governments are ineffective you've got people that are i mean it's still going to be tough of course but but you've taken out their prime mind control mechanism, which is the mainstream media. If you get rid of that, you're on the right path. Then you get rid of the government, um, all the little puppets that are out there in government telling you, oh, well, you know, it's safe and effective and you have to do this. And we're, 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 uh, we're having a, we're going to vote for a new guy. And it's like, no, <laughs> we're not voting. No, we're not interested. You, we, Hey, we've named a new person, prime minister. Don't care. We don't care. You know, they, they come out there and do their, they wave on the first day. Somebody shoots them and they go, (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, this is going to be a lot more difficult. So I do have a, a, you know, in my head, there is a scenario in which the, the control structure breaks down and, and I hope that happens. But unfortunately I think we're going to have to go through some, some dark times to, to get there. That's yes. Yes, bro. Look, I, I believe, I don't want to um, put words in your mouth, but you're an anarchist, aren't you? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. yeah, I go, I, I, you know, I, it's tough when you say that, like, oh, I'm an anarchist, because yeah. then someone comes with a big they list don't know. and they go, you didn't do this and you didn't do this. And you're like, I get the yeah. fuck out. I mean, but of theoretically, I, I prefer there to not be a government. Yeah in charge right now the way it is yeah i think you know anarchism is we're i we're so conditioned to 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 being rude to having someone in charge that's how you know the school system does this you know listen to the teacher fuck off i'm not gonna listen to the teacher he's full of shit you know that that you know i i feel like it i've always been an anarchist bro since since a a very young age I just didn't have the way to articulate it, right? Yeah. But I'm I have this kind of you know I think about these things quite a lot, obviously, because you know, I can see turmoil in, in, in the world and people are suffering already and it seems like our ignorance, our collective ignorance in like Mark Passio says, in the aggregate will cause us all to suffer. Um so I, I I'm I'm always like thinking you know, like, dude, like when when the COVID uh, lockdowns happened, like we were living by the beach here in, you know, in Portugal, and there were like there was a one 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 a couple few weekends there was a curfew. I think from one p.m. you couldn't be outside. You couldn't even go outside. So I would go take I had, I had have a nice drum, take my dog, go out, you know, play my drum in in kind of the around the trees walk my dog on the massive beach on our own, on our own. Occasionally you might see some, some guy going, you know, go home. You know, you're supposed to be home. Like, yeah, okay. You, you go home, bro. (laughs) So I'm thinking to myself, like if everybody collective non-compliance, if everyone was like, nah, nah, you know what? Nah, um, stick your jab up your ass. No, I'm not going to wear the mask. Uh, no, I'm not going to stand too fear. I'm just going to go into the store and not put a mask on. Like, you know, if everybody or even like 30% of people did, then the other 20, 30% that have the balls would do it. There will always be a small or whatever. There will be a, a, a fraction of people, some some 
maybe small minority, whatever, it doesn't matter. There will always be those the, those rule followers. But if enough people set example, like I, for example, I, like uh, with the masks, I'm walking around stores and I, dude, I, I will only put my mask over my nose before when some security guard or some uh, Napoleon complex, uh, you know, employee tells me to to do it you know the rest of the time i'm like this and i'm looking at other men going around i'm looking at them like making eye contact with every single one of them like like this like just trying to you know verbally communicate quit being a fucking pussy quit being a fucking pussy and now i in front of my wife i try not to make a scene Uh, there been a few scenes (laughs) of course but when I'm on my own, I don't give a fuck. We went to a, a clinic for, for the osteopath, and this woman behind the counter, she's aggressively telling me to do that. And I was walking towards the toilet, and I turned back. There was like three of them behind the counter. like customers there. And I went like, can you be a little bit? No, but just very calmly. Can you be a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, what I say? Can you be a little bit less rude? I'm not an animal. And she just like looked at me like this. Just like <laughs> nodded. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, if we all, if we all just, people are fed up. But if you act on it, if you find your balls or whatever, you know, your hypothetical balls or uh, metaphorical balls and just stand up, this all goes away, man. It just, it can go away. And they will try everything. They will try martial law. They will try people get arrested. Some people might get hurt. Um, but non-compliance, dude, it's so easy. Anarchy is so easy. The, it's, the hard part is taking responsibility for your life, for your family's well-being, and you know, not expecting. You know, what happens when there's inflation? People want fucking more the government to print money and give them more money, you know? Yeah. Like, tell us, tell me, like, Everybody has got their own path to 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 it. What what are you kind of like? What are like some things you know? You some some words of wisdom to 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 folks listening. You know how can you live? You know the the anarchist sort of ethos more every day. How what are you what are you doing? What would you recommend people to do? You know. Well, first is you know, is to get clear on what anarchy is yeah. and isn't. And I think they're, they've done a very good job of, of conflating the, what, it, what it actually means with what they want you to think. They want you to think that anarchy means no rules. Mm. And what it technically means is no rulers. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between that. Now, obviously, I write a book with a guy, Jeff Berwick, who <laughs> is, has, has a conference, Anarchapulco, the largest anarchist conference in the world yeah. in Acapulco, Mexico. And he's also goes all over the world speaking and talking about this stuff. And what I found at these conferences is that it is not like a Grateful Dead concert. It's not a bunch of hippies. It's a bunch of people that are really smart and they are tired of the government. They're all ages. You know, I saw people that were like in their, you know, 19, 20. And I saw people that were in their 70s. I, I did ayahuasca with a bunch of people that were like in their in their mid seventies. So so, like it was, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a way of, of being as opposed to like some sort of religious movement or anything like that. It's just, you, it's self, it's responsibility for yourself. 
which is very difficult here in the States. So you got a lot of people that don't want that because taking responsibility for yourself is hard. And it's easier if you can just say, well, it's that guy's fault or it's, it's, um, it's the government's fault or it's my, it's because I'm this color or I'm this gender or I'm whatever, you know, there's all these reasons. It's like, you got to get past all that and you say, no, I'm, I'm responsible for a lot of the stuff that I'm facing. I'm responsible for my behavior. I'm responsible for, um, the way I, treat my kids. Like I mentioned, Patrick Smith, the big guy that did our audio book, he runs, um, a peaceful parenting program where he teaches families like, you know, how to raise your kids in a way that is consistent with the non-aggression principle. I would love you to introduce me to him too. I'd love to interview him actually. For sure. He's a great guy and he does, he does interesting work and, and, and he's all about unschooling. He still wants his kids to get educated, of course, but he, but, but not in the way that the state wants you to be educated. He wants them to be educated in, in some other different ways. And, and, and he, um, you know, so, so I, I look at, there's people that I've met that are doing it kind of the right way. As an example with him, he it lives in Texas and has the ability to open carry. So he's got mm-hmm. a, he has a gun, doesn't take it mm-hmm. with him everywhere he goes, but he has that option. And he's, but he told me that the time that he does use his, does have his gun on him where everyone can see it is ironically when he's does, when he does this with a group of people once a week where they go and they feed the homeless in this park and he doesn't have the gun with him to protect him from the homeless. He has the gun with him to protect him from the police because the police will come and harass them for feeding the homeless. But he's found that when he has his gun with him, the police don't mess with him. So it's kind of an interesting, <laughs> interesting. interesting side side yeah. note. So it's like, okay, so here's a guy who is against the state is against the school system and yet his core principles are let's not yell at our kids let's raise our kids the right way oh and by the way i have a little bit more than what i need so i'm going to go out and make sure that the people that have less than what they need get fed cuz the state won't do it and so it looks like all of us this group will have to do it you know and so so that's one example of it you know i i had this misconception the first time I went to an Arcapulco that it was going to be like a Grateful Dead concert, you know, just hippies and everyone is just, you know, out of their minds and, and just a bunch of chaos. And what I found on the the Friday night when I was there was that these buses pulled up and I was waiting. I had to, I had an, I had the ayahuasca ceremony going on like later that night. And so I, I couldn't, I couldn't get on the bus. I was asking like, what are these buses doing here at the hotel? like four of them pulled up all at once. And this guy says, Oh, are you here? Are you going with the group? I'm like, I don't know what the group is. What are you guys doing? They said, Oh, well, we're, if you have a ticket to this, you can buy a ticket to this event and they're just taking everybody over to this nature preserve. And they're all going to let these baby sea turtles go out and get into the water. You know, they're all hatching right now. So they're going to escort them into the water. And I was like, That's, That's some anarchy you got there, right? You know, it's so like my whole dude, I my got whole concept. Yeah, my whole concept was different after seeing that. I realized there's a lot of good people, and so what they're doing, the way they approach this problem of the state, is they don't even bother wasting their time of like, well, what we're going to do is we're going to vote for us, and we'll get in there and we'll change the system. They don't even bother with that. They just say, listen, 
that system is outdated and broken. We are doing a small, a much, much smaller version of a different system. And we'll tell you what, if you like our version, come join us. If you like the existing version, stay where you are. Like we don't, we don't care. But, uh, but if you see, if you like what we're doing, you just have to leave that system and come over to, to the new one and be productive and, and help out. And it's not like communism or anything like that. You know, it's not, it's not that it's just like, it's, it's self-determination. It's you work hard and, and, and do the things that you need to do. Nobody in this group is going to tell you to stop unless you're hurting somebody. But yeah. then in that case, you, you probably don't belong there anyway. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I met the most educated people there. I met people that were building like whole different homeschooling, uh, curriculums and mm. what they call unschooling because they yeah. want first they want to deprogram you and then and then sure. teach you the the more important things yeah, yeah. all the crypto guys were there we have gold and silver guys talking about sound money we have other guys talking about how to get a passport we have other guys talking about this know your legal rights and know how to to deal with these you know and it was i was like this is a this is a, a an event where you can really get some value. Like you can go to it. And then once you're done, you go home and you've got contacts and you've got information and you, you now know people that are doing these things. It just seemed a lot like a better version of reality in this, in this anarchist community. And it's not perfect. And they haven't worked out all the bugs for sure, but of course, bro. but, but they, but, but at least they're trying to do something different. And I think that they're, they're going in, in, in sort. They're going in the right direction, but not everybody. It's not again. It's not a monolithic group either, because there are some people that are like, "Fuck the police," and I just want to get high and do all this stuff. It's like, all right, well, that's fine, but you're not really contributing a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, but the people that I met there were like doing their own launching their own companies. And they're like, well, listen, this is where you register your company. And this is where you don't, you know, you don't want to pay taxes here. You want to go to this jurisdiction. And so you're like, oh shit, you're like writing yeah, all this yeah, yeah. information down. Like, oh, they're giving me some good stuff. So that's why I like the conference. That's why I'm speaking there again, less to hear myself talk and more to yeah. just be able to like, once I'm done speaking, go watch everybody else and see what they're talking about. Cause Absolutely. I've met interesting people that are, that are talking about hell. I met the president of Lieberland, which is like guy who's starting <laughs> his own country, you know? <laughs> so like that guy nice. is, that guy is like interesting as hell. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's those guys out there too. Man, that's, yeah, that's really awesome, dude. And again, people have this misconception of what anarchy is. If you, if you give me a couple of kilograms of tomatoes and, you know, I put, I help you put like your chicken coop together, you know, that's anarchy. We have, it's a transaction, a voluntary transaction that adds value in both of our lives. And nobody is forcing us. Nobody's extorting anything from it. There's no intermediary that it's, there's no permission required, right? This is how, dude, this is how communities, like this is how the world will thrive, you know? And yeah. this is such a beautiful thing, bro. You know, and the, I, you know, this um, episode with uh, Foster Gamble yesterday, mm-hmm. it was actually very inspiring. I'm at I'm at a stage now, I'm kind of a little bit oversaturated with the doom and gloom. So I'm I'm at a stage where I I'm kind of more thinking solutions, and I don't I, I still kind of keep keep an ear to the ground per se, but I'm trying to do, uh, you know, actions daily actions that 
you know, just sta stabilize my my mind and you know body and soul and all that good stuff. And um, you know, it's I think it's better to fix up something around the home, you know, than just watch another fucking doom and gloom video on how Russia and Ukraine are going to start the apocalypse, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm guilty of, of, of doing that too. And from time to time I have to sort of pull back and that's why I, I had, you know, I had, we're, I've, I had some heavy concepts and some heavy episodes over the last couple of months. And, and so I wanted to like lighten it up. And I remember I didn't I actually, I met Foster Gamble virtually. I was, we were doing, they moved to Narcopoco online for one year and he was speaking and I was speaking and he went, he was going before me. And then they brought me in to the, you know, from the waiting room sort of digitally brought me in to, to the conversation he was having with Jeff. So we chatted for a couple minutes and then he dropped off and then my presentation started. So I didn't actually, that's, that was the extent of me meeting him, but I, I had watched his movies and I knew who he was for a while. And I always thought he was a, a an interesting guy. And then I, and then one of these guys that I, I know a guy named Doug McKenty, who has a, a, a podcast called the shift, a really, really nice guy, really thoughtful guy. He reached out to me one day and he said, I just got brought on to be their social media director for thrive. And I was like, nice. Oh shit, I want to talk to foster <laughs> gamble. Can you make that happen? He's like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, cool. So we did. And I was really grateful for that because I liked, I liked their vibe. Um, and they're, they're, they're talking about just coming at this from a, uh, a solution, you know, a different, mm. a different solution, but, but, uh, you know, let's, we can complain about the system all day long. We're good at that. We know where all, where all the flaws are, but he's like, let's build a different system. Yes, let's build yes. it like a little bit, like do this here and do that there. And, 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 uh, yeah, man, I mean, we're, we have to recognize the insanity of everything, but we also have to kind of also talk about solutions and say, yes, well, okay, yes. how do we do this differently? How do we build this back? How do we make our currency? How do we get it outside of that system? How do we work with one another? How do we set up these groups? It's funny because I talked to him. Um, I talked to him and, and recorded that interview and then the very next, and I told him when we got done recording, I said, I'm going to, um, I'm going to Maui the next day. I was going to go, I'm going to go for a week for, for my birthday. And, and he said, well, did you know that we, um, he says, did you know about the Monsanto situation in Maui? And I go, yeah, yeah. Monsanto was like heavily involved in, in Maui and spraying, you know, uh, glyphosate everywhere. I remember reading about that a while ago. And, uh, yeah, I wondered about that. And he said, well, you know, they don't, they, Monsanto's not there anymore. And I said, no, I didn't know that. What happened? He said, we got them out. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, our group, the coordination, the effort that we have, like the way we have these cells set up, we do sort of a similar kind of anarchist type thing where yeah. we say, anybody wants to be a part of this cell, tell us what your skills are because we don't need you to be working in accounting. If you're a social media uh, sure. mar marketer, you know, sure. we want you to do it. So, so they found, you know, say this guy's a lawyer, this person's really good at forensic accounting. This person is a great researcher and the, you know, and they just put all these people together and Amazing. coordinated themselves and got Monsanto out of mouth. Amazing. Dude. So that I was so like, inspiring. holy crap. So, so even then it was like synchronistic. I'm just talking yeah. to him about that. And then, you know, a day later I'm there in Maui and I'm going, 
I got, I talked to the guy that got that, got them thrown out of here. You know, like I, <laughs> I, it felt like I, I felt yeah. like good by association, you know, <laughs> like just by knowing this guy, but, but so, so, so again, it's possible. It's possible to change these things. And just because Monsanto is there ruining the world doesn't mean that, that they have to be allowed to do it forever. I and mean, we can yeah. sort of get up against these things. We can, we can, we have more power than we're being told that we have, of course. And and totally. so I think that's totally. maybe the, the greatest secret of all is that if, if we co- come together against whoever, whatever yeah. faction we were talking about earlier, one group or the other group, or, you know, if we collectively come together, it doesn't have to be forever, but just even temporarily to focus on a, a core issue, we have tremendous power, but, but it's in their best interest to make us forget about that. Totally. Well, look, if we can go to the moon, we can achieve anything, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, dude, like, like seriously, though, I, I have to, like, again, repeat. It was so, I really needed this Foster Gamble episode yesterday. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you for putting it out. I'm, I was on their website um, yesterday. I had, just haven't had really time. I'll definitely sign up for their free trial and maybe yeah. even sign up for a few months. Definitely going to check out those documentaries. Um, and folks listening, just... Uh, Check out Macro Aggressions, uh, Charlie's podcast. Foster Gamble is the guest. It's a really just, I, I don't even know what to call it. It's just, just very eclectic. It seems like a very eclectic um, group of people just doing amazing stuff. He was talking about free energy devices and things like that. And, you know, this stuff you're talking about getting Monsanto out, I believe you, uh, he said that the groups share a lot of the documentation. So if you want to do a similar you know, uh, lawsuit or whatever. There's a lot of the work done for you. So, yeah. you know, like, I mean, just think of the, just think of the potential. And This is, I think, where the internet is, like, I think, who's, was it maybe Sam likes to say it a lot, is that a lot of people say that the internet got out of hand for them. That's why they want to do this digital ID bullshit because it yeah. got out of hand. They don't yeah. want podcast, the podcasting industry you know, the po- podcasting is probably kind of the, the last bastion of free speech hope that we have. I don't know what you think. Yeah, and it's part of the reason why I'm working on this walled garden, you know, building yeah. like a, a separate thing that, that doesn't rely on on the distribution methods of um, of Apple and Spotify yeah. and all these groups. Yeah. They've been... I haven't had any problems with them so far, but I mean, that's just so far that could change tomorrow. And we know that, totally. that they, if they want to crack down on, on, on dissenting voices, they, they would definitely look at some of the podcasts for that. And so I would expect that the same treatment we get on YouTube, which is that I get my channel just deleted one day for no reason. I hadn't done anything. I hadn't posted anything on it in four months, Completely. but they just, just deleted it. Yeah. Wow. And, and they didn't give me a reason. They just, they just said it was gone and and I'm not allowed to, to put a new one up. I was like, well, I wasn't going to anyway. Why, why yeah. would I? But, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll come for podcasts at some point. They'll, well, whatever, wherever the information is sure. getting out, they're going to want to have that stop. So part of me was like, well, I've got to find a place where I can do this without, totally. with, you know, I don't know that you're ever going to get completely away from it, but just, I want to make it at least a little bit more difficult for yeah. them to 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 take me down and I want to do it now before it's a problem because if I wait until it's a problem then they'll just 
the, you wake up one day and my show doesn't exist anymore and nobody knows how to f- find out anything about me. So I didn't want to do that. So, uh, so that's, that's part of why we're doing it. it, it you know, uh, we, we have to, we have to yeah. think about these things. And I'm a part of like the theme of my show is like, let's be proactive. And so like, if I'm taking my own advice, like let's be proactive and defending this, uh, this podcast castle, you know, let's yeah. build a wall around it. Let's yeah, build yeah. a moat around it. Let's make sure that, you know, let's keep the drawbridge up so that the bad guys can't get in and, and do all that stuff. And as much as you can, because I know that they're going to want to, uh, you know, I'm small, I'm a small show compared to <clears throat> the, the world of Joe Rogan and everything. Yeah, yeah. So nobody cares about me, but in the event that the show gets big and mm. I'm still saying the things I'm saying, they're definitely going oh, to yeah. have a problem with that. So, oh yeah, so it will, so, so in order to sort of hedge that, I want to make sure that I've got, got something else that's, yeah. that's a little bit more protected and so that we can, we can have these conversations and, and not worry about them just, you know, turning us off that easily. Yeah. Well, luckily, our, you know, the way podcasting works, obviously Apple and Amazon and, um, and Google now, you know, they've got it into podcasting, obviously Spotify, the, they can shut you off on their platform but the the fact that the way rss works it will it's very difficult it's like uh it's mega decentralized which is i think this is the key to anything i think that we design and and, and build and implement uh you know in this new system inherently needs to be decentralized mm-hmm. um in order for it to, to succeed anytime you centralize something you know you take that over obviously with we know what can happen then. Yeah. And, and Charlie, I am part of podcasting 2.0 too, which is that decentralized um, Adam Curry project that he's. Oh, I got to check so. that out. Well, actually, you know, let's, let's wrap up. Just uh, tell, tell folks about your, your um, kind of your upcoming uh, platform that you're releasing. Tell sure. folks where they can find you and, you know, plug, plug whatever you is the most relevant thing for you to plug right now, brother. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoy our conversations. Um, it's uh, my podcast is called Macroaggressions. It goes out as an audio f- podcast uh, twice a week. One once as an interview with somebody, and once as a monologue. It goes out in video format on Band Video, Rockfin, Odyssey, Vigilante TV, which is Berwick's new thing. Uh, the website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. dot com. And I'm on Twitter at macroaggression, which is, which is a fun place to yell at people. (laughs) Um, but, but then the new, the new project that's coming out is, uh, is called macro plus. And I haven't, I haven't even announced it on, on my show yet. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to, we're trying to work out all the bugs and make sure that when it's up and running, it's, I I don't have to answer a million, like tech questions, you know, so it just, we're trying to make sure that it, it's functional and running. I've got some interviews, uh, already pre-recorded. I got Tommy Chong, uh, from Cheech and Chong. We talked about making movies in the seventies and how Sweet. they did it. And it's a crazy story about how much money they made making those movies. And, Sweet. and, uh, Tommy Chong's talking about how he wrote it. I go, how do you write it? You know, he's like, man, I Stone. just like, we'd, we'd go to lunch and we would tell funny stories at lunch. And then, and, uh, and, and we go, 
oh, we should put that one in, you know, and I'd write it down and then we'd shoot a scene later that day. And I, t- oh, so wow. anyway, I, I just want to have conversations with some people that are, um, you know, a little bit, I don't know. I just want to be able to say whatever I want and have that. Yeah. So I've got Tommy Chong, Sean Atwood. Those are already recorded. Some nice. others are on the way. I'm, I'm, uh, Ryan Dawson and I are supposed to do one on the civil war. So, um, yeah, it's coming. It, it'll probably be, it'll be out by the end of the year for sure. Very nice, brother. Very nice. Yeah. Well, Charlie, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on again. What a pleasure to talk to you, bro. And hopefully we'll do it again maybe next year. We'll do it for sure.